Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to May 2023's edition of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we bring you all of the month's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. If PlayStation can dodge having a good show, then they can still sell PS5s. <sighs> it, was, it was a rough one. Yeah, we got a long show, but a short show, because now we have a two-hour limit on our shows. Um, But anyways, ladies and germs, uh, we got a really fun show for you. We purposely are recording tonight, May 24th, 2023, because PlayStation just had their PS5 and PSVR showcase literally two hours ago it ended, so... We are almost hot as you can get off of the presses. We're going to be able to give you our raw reactions and impressions of everything announced at today's show. We'll give you our high level thoughts on it. Uh, So we got that to cover. We have obviously, you know, the what you've been up to segment, my favorite segment of the podcast where we talk about all the things we've been up to over the last month. I will give you my spoiler free tears of the kingdom impressions. You'll notice you'll notice that my what you've been up to is a little shorter this month. Uh, because that's all you did. It's <laughs> pretty hours. much. I dedicated myself to days, uh, d- our, days. It's already fifty-five hours of Tears of the Kingdom every single night until like three a.m. Dude, I cannot stop. You're I put the kids to bed and I just go. It's insane. Who needs? Uh, so we have that. Mortal Kombat announced their brand new game, and AEW's Fight Forever got its release date. Sam will then go over for movies. We'll talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Sam has seen that. He also saw Fast X. I don't know if that's in his What You've Been Up To or not. Who knows? Yeah, I, 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 have... I throw it in the beginning get it, to get it. Fantastic. Because yeah. I don't have it in the impressions for the movies. You'll yeah. hear what he thought about that. Yeah. I heard great things, and then once it came out, I started to hear shitty things. So I'll just kind of rely on you to give me the real... Mm-hmm. Uh, on that one, The Flash got a brand new trailer. Superman's leg- or Superman Legacy's casting is starting to take shape. We got some Craven the Hunter news and in gaming. A little Craven the Hunter today in gaming. I love that. That was a pretty uh, cool surprise today there. Uh, Sam's intro about dodging wrenches and balls. We're going to have an update on that movie. And yes, this is 2023, not 2003. Uh, Beetlejuice 2, speaking of old shit, uh, is got an official release date. Uh, we got a Mario movie update, Avatar 2 update, updates for The Bear, Twisted Metal, Futurama, Loki, Echo. Uh, and then there's even two music stories. We usually have one or so. We got two stories in music, and then we'll get on out of here. But before we do that, and before we get in to what you've been up to, I just want to say something that I haven't been able to say in a long time. Um, the cat's out of the bag now, if you know me personally, but, uh, for those who don't and are just listeners of the pod or whether you keep up with us and talk to us regularly on DMS or whatever, 2023 has sucked bowels for me personally. It's been the worst year of my life. Uh, and I got laid off in January. So every episode after 10 years at my previous company, so for every episode we recorded so far this year, I was unemployed for. I tried not to let it show. I tried to bring my A game, but sometimes it was tougher than others. We had three episodes in February, and it was tough. The hardest job I've ever had in my life was job hunting. I don't recommend it, especially in this market. It was two full-time jobs put together, 24 hours, no break. And so 
Uh, it was emo- it was an emotional journey. You know what I mean? You're putting yourself out there. You're waiting for calls, callbacks, re- re-interviews. It's, it, it was a lot. Yeah, tons of interviews, tons of yeses, tons of noes, tons of maybes, tons of everything thrown at you all at once. Ton- you, you get your hopes up, and then they get crushed immediately, and so on and so forth. But uh, I am so, so happy to finally say that. Uh, 17 days ago, I started a new job and it is my dream job for what is turning out to be a dream organization. So I just, I'm back. He's back, (laughs) baby. I'm happy again. There is purpose in my professional life again. I can, I can breathe a sigh of relief and my family and I are in a good spot. So, um, it's, it's been rough. I didn't want to bring that in and onto the pod, but now that that's past me, I can finally say that like, you know, the, 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 the corner the has is, been turned. The dust is settled. Now you can pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and you know the next the next part of your journey is is upon you. Yeah, and so uh, so there's that, everyone. Just a little life update because I like to list, think of our listeners as not only our friends but our family. We truly are a wee pod squad. So I just wanted to say that real quick off the rip before we dive into what you've been up to. So enough blabbering about the sentimental Sam. What you've been up to? Well, speaking of family, let me just dive right in. So I, I actually <laughs> wow. never saw. Yeah, how'd you like that segue? I got to uh, give you a 10 out of 10 for that one, bro. <laughs> I, I've i never actually, I didn't see Fast 9. I was I, I somehow missed it in the theaters. So I bought it on Blu-ray and I watched it a week before I saw um, Fast 10. And I can say Fast 9 is the worst one of the franchise, hands down absolutely did that come out during the pandemic or before yeah that that came out june 25th 2021 okay it was horrible they uh, spoiler warning this part but they were in fucking space like literally driving through satellite like what are we talking about like i felt like that was like just like they jumped the shark i was like that 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 was it like i I was just toned out between the horrible jokes the extra corniness of of all the lines and fast nine i'll probably never see again in life okay they close out that tab right to fast 10 i could say this one it was it was just okay just like my post on ig i just said it was okay it was better than nine um jason momoa was probably the the funniest part of all movie it was just it was basically jason momoa being the joker that was that was Jason Momo and I was I was there for that. There was still your corny lines that didn't need to be there. I would have cut at least 20 25 minutes off the movie because it was a 2 hour and 20 minute movie, a little bit too long, but another fault of um the this franchise is um I guess I just no one can stay dead. Every time I turn around someone's popping up who they died. I'm like, "What well, uh, it, it does anyone die in this franchise? Uh, uh, uh. Other than that, there were there were some cool fight scenes with Michelle Rodriguez and uh, Charlize Theron. They had an awesome fight scene. Um, I, I wish Jason Statham had a little bit more time. They they gave he had like five minutes, if that, but he kicked the shit out of everyone he fought. That that that's what he's paid to do, and and he did his job. But other than that, it was it was okay. It was somewhere like a, a six, seven out of ten, somewhere in there. Nothing, nothing too crazy. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if more characters even come back that that you think are dead. Just, just no one's safe in, in, in this world. So go, go go see it if you want. But the first one I think is still my favorite. 
Um, I'm still on the grind of Hunter Hunter. I'm on episode 62. I think it is a great anime. It's actually starting to pick up pretty good. So highly re- recommend if that if you're you have Netflix, check that out. Next up, me and Kelly, we just finished last night the Night Agent. That was I've heard, also I've on heard this. about this. I, I heard decent things. I haven't yeah. heard it from anybody I trust or know yet. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah, it, it was actually pr- pretty damn good. Um, me and a guy from work actually like we're starting watching like the same time, but it basically follows this uh, FBI agent who has this job in the White House. Just if his phone rings, he answers it and he deals with it. That that's his job. He gets this call and just basically shit on, just shit on Sue's, and it just something's bigger than what's actually going on. You don't know who to trust. Every you see someone you think you trust, you think they're good. The only person I really knew in this was DB Woodside. He was from actually Lucifer. He paid, played Lucifer's brother. Uh, um, I met a deal. Brain fart there. And the other, the lead is Gabriel Beso. He looked familiar and I looked at his shit. He was in Super 8. That's the only thing I can, I recognize him from a little bit. But if you saw that Super 8 movie with the, with the kids with J.J. Abrams uh, a couple years ago, it's pretty good. But 10 episodes. If you like these, the kind of FBI, these thrillers, these mysteries, this one might be for you. It got signed for, uh, it got renewed for a second season. It was the sixth most viewed series of Netflix. So I thought that was pretty impressive. So if you have Netflix, Night Agent, really good show. And did I say I finished Beef last episode? I don't even remember. You said it's next on my list with Kelly. Okay, I finished Beef. Beef, <laughs> dude, fantastic. I yeah. watch Beef my first parents, and then go. My parents hated it. Get out of here. The, yeah, the, I got a text. Uh, have you ever heard of a program on Netflix called Beef? It's like, yeah, you know it because it's in our continued watching. Like, of course, I've seen it. We share an account. Of course, not anymore because Netflix sucks. But yeah. Uh, and so he texted me like two days later. He's like, we finished it. We're still waiting for action. I'm like, not every show's an action show, dude. Oh, like, yeah. OK, if you want action, you're not going to get it until like basically the finale, like crazy yeah. action. But yeah. there's some awesome stuff that happens in these episodes. It just basically happens when two strangers meet and driving basically almost a road rage crazy. Incident. Yeah, a road rage almost get into a bad car accident and then just <laughs> stupid shit unfolds. But Steven Yoon and Ali Wong are absolutely phenomenal. Them and um, Maria Bella was also in it. She's fantastic. And Andrew Santino, the comedian, he has a small role in it as well. But this one, this might even come back uh, end of the year, unless we unless I pick up some, you know, maybe the Bears great and some other shows that are coming out or something kind of surprises me. But beef, I really enjoyed, and I know people are saying, "Will we get a season two? I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't. I, I'd be perfectly okay if they just gave it one and done. But if they did want to continue it, I, I would like it to see what they came up with because I thought these ten episodes were fantastic. Definitely check out um, beef. And the last thing I have for what I've been up to is Trey Turner hit a two-run bomb in the bottom of the ninth and tied up for the Phillies, and we get the W. Alec Bohm. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah, my uh, yeah for the fledgling fight in Phils, it's been a rough beginning uh, to the for, baseball for being, season. For being a Philadelphia fan, it's been a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, this is also true. The Sixers, since we last recorded, have been ousted. The Phillies are off to a pretty rough start. The Union are not the team they were last year, and who cares about the Stars? 
um, because the, and the Flyers will see you in ten. Well, the Flyers got a new president, new GM, so things are cooking in Flyerland, but probably six years until they're <laughs> relevant. So my kids will be in high school by the time the Flyers make the playoffs again. <laughs> Both of them, and one of them's only one. Uh, yeah, for my what you've been up to. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about tears of the kingdom in my, in the gaming section, because that's been really the majority of what I've been up to. It's been uh, one week since you laughed at me, uh, 11 days since it came out, I think 12, maybe. And, uh, I have 55 hours in, like I said earlier. So like, uh, you could imagine a lot of my free time has been there, but uh, so I'll talk about that. But outside of that, um, one, two, three, four, five things, but I'll kind of breeze through most of them. Um, I'm surprised you didn't say this one. We share it. Uh, we both saw air. Oh my God. I forgot. I, I literally forgot to write it. And it's my favorite movie of 2023 yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how the hell I forgot to write it, but yeah, air is in early contention for my movie of the year. Ironically, after hustle was my movie of the year last year and basketball is my least favorite sport. Uh, so it's just really funny, but I always loved basketball documentaries and the stories around. It. I just don't love watching the live game. Um, but air is the story of Nike and Michael Jordan and how they partnered together and obviously creative liberties and whatnot. But when you have Matt Damon and Ben Affleck sharing a screen, you always love it. Uh, add on top of that freaking Chris Tucker in an unrecognizable role. I had to do a double take. Uh, My man got a little older. He got a little older. Yeah. Viola Davis. You know, we we're talking about what's her face from DC. Waller. Thank you. Amanda Waller is Michael Jordan's mama. Crazy. So, yeah, it's just the story of how Michael Jordan signed with Nike and how Nike uh, was in third place in the shoe race. And then obviously Michael Jordan and then the Air Jordan brand kind of took that over. And so that's our airing on Amazon Prime right now. So if you want to go watch it, feel free. It's it's available for you on Prime Video. And, and you said you. that was directed by Ben Affleck. I don't know if you said that. I believe I said that, but I I, okay. I don't know. It's Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon sharing the screen, I said. So I didn't say it was directed by. But yeah, it, uh, like you said, everything you so said, good. it was fantastic. <laughs> I would say uh, even if you don't like sports or basketball in particular, there's zero basketball. You don't have to know a thing about it. Um, it's really a movie about shoes and personalities and business and things like that. Uh, basketball is just kind of the caveat. And Michael Jordan's kind of that name to kind of keep you rolling through it. Because who the hell remembers the guy who signed him from Nike? Nobody. Uh, but now everybody will. So, yeah, I would. that's what I would recommend. If if you have an hour and a half or two hours, whatever it was, Air is a really good use of your time uh, to watch yeah. a movie. And, and you also had Marlon Wayne's Jay Moore. Like, this had a, a fantastic cast. Jason Bateman. Yeah. Yeah. How can I even forget him? He was the head of marketing. Jason Bateman. I haven't seen him in anything since Ozark. And now all of a sudden he's popping up in air and he's crushing it. He's destroying their, he, by the way, he, he acts just like Marty bird in this movie. Like he could have been, that could have been Marty bird's day job before. <laughs> That's what up. he did before he got fired. <laughs> like it was, it was wild. How much, how many, uh, Marty Bird mannerisms he had in this role. But yeah, I, I love the movie and I highly recommend you all watch it. Sam, I'd imagine you feel the same way. It's most likely going to be in my list because I don't know if many movies are going to be able to top it. Um, but right now it's my favorite movie of the year. Just a little early hint for you as we do our top three favorites at the end of the year, the Pod Awards. Right now it's number one. Tetris is number two, by the way. Another great movie. Yeah, and um, it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it, I'd, I'd probably say right now it's probably in the in the top three, top four. It, it, was, it was fantastic. If you have Amazon Prime, like Greg said, watch it. It's an hour and 40 minutes. 
and another thing too, it it's not getting the press it deserves. It deserves more loving. Just putting that out there. Nobody's really talking about it. It's not really in the social consciousness. It needs to be because it's really good. Um, one episode left the Yellow Jackets, potentially two. They might throw a bonus at us sometime in 2023. I don't know. Uh, I thought the season really dove off a cliff like a character halfway through it. And it's really started to redeem itself, especially this last episode. It went pretty hard, pretty fast. Yeah, I still some people are saying one. a little too fast. Um, I'm, I'm okay with the decisions they made and how quickly they made them. I just wish the episodes were 10. So that way it didn't feel like it was so rushed as opposed to nine, but that's got one episode left. I'd imagine in our June episode, we're going to have a final thoughts on the season when the season finale airs in just two days. Um, so yeah, uh, it's not going to be my favorite show of the year. I think season two is not as good as season one. It's still my favorite show going because of the potential and where it could go. And it is still very, very good, better than most shows. I just think shrinking was hands down the best TV I've watched all year. It's not even close. So um, it was really going to have to do a lot to beat that. Um, you've, you've caught up on jackets too, I'd imagine. I didn't watch the last one on yellow jackets. I'm one behind. Gotcha. That's the crazy one. That's the one everybody's talking about. And so I will say this, uh, you know how there's been a lot of like dream sequences that haven't been kind of. Yes. Panning out. Like don't yeah, find out. Yeah. The, the one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Don't worry about that. It's, that there ain't no dream sequences this episode. The shit they do is real. It's okay, crazy. okay, okay. It's crazy. So yeah, I, I recommend catching up quickly, and and I think you'll uh, you'll enjoy where it goes. Uh, I finished Resident Evil Four remake. Excellent game. It, before Tears of the Kingdom dropped, it, it was going to be my game of the year. It'll fight for that top three spot. I'd have to imagine Spider Man Two Tears of the Kingdom will kind of fight it out for <coughs> number one, and then because uh, remember Spider Man. Number one was my game of the year in 18, even over God of War. So, mm-hmm. um, which by the way, 2023, probably the best year in gaming since 2018, where we had God of War, Spider Man, and Smash Bros all in the same year. Um, this has been just a killer and, and Pokemon Let's Go, if we care enough about that. Um, but I, I am just floored by how good 2023 has been so far. And uh, really looking forward to what's next with Starfield, Plucky Squire, Spider-Man. So it's going to be a very strong year. RE4 remake is just spectacular. I think it's, dare I say it's better than the original. I've I've already, when I beat it, I immediately started a new game plus file because I wanted to run through it fast with the guns I already had. And so. It was just so much fun to go through that village section with the fully upgraded shotgun and, and beat annihilate it everybody 35 seconds. You have to either run around for five minutes and survive <coughs> or kill a certain amount of enemies. I think it's like 30. And so like I just ran around with my shotgun and just took heads off. Uh, it's so much fun playing New Game Plus. But I stopped because Tears of the Kingdom came out. And my whole life's upside down now. Um, <laughs> so I love that. Uh, and then two more. Um, I've been a huge fan of succession forever since the show started, but I've never really talked about it. I was kind of waiting, um, particularly because th- season three was a down season for me, um, in a pretty big way, but Ashley and I were kind of looking for something to watch to kind of get us through to like Barry and jackets and everything. So I had suggested, how about we start succession? It's really good. <coughs> I think you'll like it. Sorry. I've had a cough for like months. Um, and she said, sure. So we've watched it and it turns out that it's just so much better on a second watch through because you pick up so much stuff. Season three was really good. Season four is out now. I think it only has two episodes left in the whole series uh, before it ends. And season four has been great. And there's been a there's been this giant, massive twist 
in one of the earlier episodes that you just don't expect because things like that don't happen early in the season without any warning. And they did it and they pulled a fast one on us and it worked to pristine results. So if you like anything to do with succession, um, if you're into business, it's basically the story of Fox. Um, and that's, I got to think that's the inspiration, but it's a media tycoon who owns an entire media conglomerate. And the show is about who would potentially take his place between his three children, four children. Um, if he were to die and that's where you get the succession title from, but that's so much more than that. And so, yeah, really good show. I'm enjoying the final season of succession airing on HBO. And then lastly, I like to always have like a show that I'm rewatching or in the background or whatever. <coughs> and for me right now, I'm currently rewatching Weeds um, from mm. Showtime back in the day. It kind of started to air right around when Dexter started. And uh, this is where I first saw like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, he is the father. And um, Mary Louise Parker. Uh, the bad guy from Succession is in this. So like I, that's where I think I've got the urge to want to go watch Weeds again. was from the guy who plays Andy um, is in Succession. And so... what's up is it brian cox brian cox is the dad um from succession no the guy who plays andy the stepbrother um i can't think of his name right now he's a presidential candidate in succession so um i loved weeds growing up but it it got bad quick and like by the time season six of eight there's eight seasons by the time season six were around it sucked and it was terrible and everybody was out but you still kind of watch because it's a half hour and it had a good premise. A mom sells pot in a California, you know, town and because her husband dropped dead and she has to make ends meet. It's like it was very, very avant-garde showtimes breaking bad in a way. They were they were two shows that were held up against each other, given the time, even though they couldn't have been more different. And so uh, I'm rewatching it and I'm just remembering how much I loved the first two seasons. It, they were so incredible. And then season three rolls around and like every show has to go down to Mexico for some reason. Breaking Bad did it. Dexter did it. Weeds did it. They all do it. And when she does it, it's good. It's not as good. Uh, Narcos did it. I think they even have Narcos Mexico or some shit. Um, They do. So while it's still good in three, four and five, it's not as good. But boy, those early seasons of Weeds are just killer. So that's where I'll end my what you've been up to. But mostly it's been Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, and we'll talk about that as we get into gaming here. Um, so without further ado, Sam, I'm, I'm ready to kick this pony show off. Yeah, before we get into your impressions and Tears of the Kingdom, we first have to recap the PlayStation Showcase. Yeah, we're going to do that all right. Um, so I took aggressive notes, as I always do. I try to note every single game as the showcase happens. With any thoughts that I have, this, that, and the other, I, I do that all the time because I am a masochist, and uh, that's just what I do. I so did write I have, a few notes from each game. I believe I have a few things that I thought of that game was or what it reminded me of. Of Yeah, and so here's how we'll run it down. Um, I'm going to quickly go through my predictions of what I thought was going to be there and then what I hoped would be there. Then we'll get into the show. When I go through, whenever you have a note on a game, just stop me. And say it because I'm just going to keep going uh, until you stop me. So like when you have a note, just stop me. Go. Uh, so this was their big thing. They haven't had one of these since 2021. Um, 
And uh, so we were expecting big things. And I think people say all the time, oh, your expectations were too high. Da, da, da. Like for every Nintendo Direct, it's like, yeah, but they happen pretty regularly and pretty quarterly. This is the big showcase and they haven't had one in almost two years. The expectations should be sky high. We know there's a Last of Us multiplayer game out there. They literally teased an Uncharted game in a random PS5 commercial. Uh, we know Spider-Man 2 is supposed to come out later this year. There's a Wolverine game we haven't heard a damn thing about outside of a 10-second teaser trailer with some knuckles and blades. Where is the information on this stuff? And so we could have had pie-high ex- expectations, and quite frankly, we should have. So before I talk about what I thought of the show at a high level and go into the predictions, I'm just going to kick it to you. What did you think high level just overall of today's PlayStation showcase? Overall, for me personally, it was a four out of 10. There was a lot of, you know, some cool games. A lot of graphically may have looked cool, but they weren't for me. I was into one, possibly two games. And you basically got the four because of the ending that which everyone was there for. And you made us watch all that for that. Like you said, no Wolverine, nothing from Naughty Dog. You showed us Gran Turismo when we already got it. I think you should have showed us Twisted Metal, if anything. And I, I don't answer for a two-year wait. I don't know. And I was looking on Twitter, seeing a lot of reactions. I was seeing a lot of four shit. I was seeing a lot of twos. Hey, real quick. My, my weird neighbor's outside hosing stuff down at 9 o'clock at night. So if you all can hear that through my mic, I do apologize. She's out there hosing things down and blowing in her wind chime. She's... Uh, She's what they call she. They, she lost it. She's a few marbles she short. Three anyway, times towards the weekend. Let's let's continue on. Let's continue on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's just you're at that. I, I, see, here's where I'm at. I'm shocked that you still gave it a four and that 15 minutes of overkilled Spider-Man because that they overkilled it. They didn't. It could have been half that long and been more effective. Um, it's like you, there's a there's a sweet spot. Don't show too little. Don't show too much. I think they made a sh- might have shown a little too much. I'm at it too. Uh, I I thought that that was an objectively bad showcase. And you might say to yourself, well, hey, just because not every game speaks to you, that doesn't mean it's a bad showcase. And I agree with you. But uh, go back and listen to our previous reactions to showcases in Nintendo Directs and Partner Directs and all of that stuff. I almost start off the same way every time. Hey, that wasn't for me. However, I recognize the cultural relevance and I'm hyped for the people that are hyped. And of course, I'll say the same thing here. Those the people that it did speak to, great. But I'm enough of a gamer, and I'm in, I'm ingratiated enough into that culture, towards I can spot an objectively good or an objectively bad showcase based on Gen Pop. And this was not a good showcase. When your top things were a revival of Metal Gear, which is cool, don't get me wrong, really really cool, uh, Dragon's Dogma Two and Spider Man Two. That's three games over 75 minutes. When you spread that out, that's a good game every half hour to like 20 minutes to a half hour. That's objectively bad. That means that you had. All right. So let's see. The Metal Gear was a minute and a half of animals and then three seconds of snake's face. So we'll say a minute and a half plus 15 minutes plus what was Dragon Dogma? Probably two to three minutes. So we'll just call it 20 minutes right? of good. That means 55 bad. And so, like, when you just stretch it out and do math, it just objectively was not a good showcase, although it had some cool things. So I personally, very disappointed in today's showcase. Yeah, because we, we were texting back and forth, and it was like, all right, first 15 minutes, all right, 20 minutes. Like, it just kept going up, and I was like, are they going to just hit us with something? Like, but 
they really waited till the very end. I mean, yeah, Alan Wake 2, I know like that that game's not for me, but I know a lot of people are hyped for that. Like, I'm, I'm happy you guys got it. But from my type of games, it was basically a swing and a miss. But like you said, the overkill for Spider-Man, what I liked was, yeah, they showed a shit ton of, of the boss fight, the battles, but it, it like, kind of like got that itch back. Like, I haven't played Spider-Man in a while. It's I'm going to be rusty. It's going to take me a minute to get the skills back. But just seeing that, it made me want to pick up the paddle and play. So, yeah, pissed off. We'll get into it, I guess, when we get it. But I, I just don't know when we're going to get this game. They so. gave you 15 minutes of gameplay and didn't even give you a date. It's like, could you buy me dinner first before you're going to do that? <laughs> like, I, I, how could you sh- overkill it? And get everybody uber hyped and then say, oh, by the way, there's still potential. It's delayed because we don't have a date for you yet. And then they released a press release doubling down that it doesn't have a date, but they're very confident they can make fall 2023. It's like dependent on your fiscal year. Fall 2023 could be December, could be even January because a lot of fiscal years roll until April of the next year. So like that could be some early 2024 thing or it very well could be delayed. And, you know, I think we're. It's three years on from 2020. I think we're at a point now where it's like, I, I understand the marketing cycle has changed, but if you're going to blow us out of the water like that, give us a date. I mean, even Zelda yeah. did that. They didn't give us a damn thing. Then they finally gave us a date and then they didn't give us gameplay for six months. <laughs> it was like, what are you doing? It was to the opposite. And then guess what? A month before the game, we got our 10 minute blowout. If you would have given us five today of just like the highlights, best stuff, and then give us the fall, fine. And then save that other 10 for, I don't know, August, September, whatever. Get people super hyped right before. But if you're going to blow us out of the water, because it's May, uh, we don't have too much time left. If you're going to blow us out of the water in August or September with another blowout, we just saw so much that what else can you show that's going to wow us anymore? Now you're just trying to keep the, the flame I, going. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they can show us more to blow us up, but... They but it's the same to, shit. What more do you need to, to show us something? They they showed I us th- I disagree. mediocre shit for an hour. I disagree that though, but they could have showed us the other shit in their catalog instead of 15 minutes of this. Wouldn't you have rather had five on Last of Us, five on Twisted Metal, and five on Spider Man as opposed to 15 on one of them? I mean, oh, who, of course. So, that's two of the shit course, I want to watch. So, that's, that's my point. That's my point. Sony has these guns in their holster. They could have teased Uncharted 5 even with a logo. And nothing else, and it would have instantly brought this showcase up for so many people because you're expecting that last 15 or 20 minutes to just be hype first party yeah. stuff. Because let's yeah. call it what it is, there was nothing great from first party outside of Spider Man. And nope. so, like, you're really looking for that ender to bring it home. And when that ender just won't stop, you think to you, you have to think to yourself, boy, they really could have taken this time and given us two or three more announcements because they have them, we know they're real. They literally told us about them for Naughty Dog to skip. This is egregious. And the only reason, the only reason I can think they did is because they're going to be at Summer Game Fest in June with Jeff Keighley, because that's where they unveiled it last year. And so maybe that's like their big thing this year. But I'm tired of the big thing for these showcases being shit we know of. (laughs) I'm tired of the big thing, the big announcement for these showcases, Nintendo included, to be things we already know about. Where's when's the last time a showcase had, hey, and here's one more thing. And it's a brand new thing we don't know anything about. Honestly, I feel like it was God of War, like the last one that we all freaked out. Like, what's this? I think it was God of War. And and it and it's so disappointing. The last Nintendo Direct, the last two, I think, ended on Zelda. Like, we freaking know that game was coming. This ended on Spidey. We know it's coming when, you know, 
uh, Xbox last year, I believe, ended on Starfield. We know it was coming. These are not new announcements, um, but we don't know what Factions is yet. We just know it exists. It doesn't even have a title, and Druckmann's saying it's probably not going to be called Factions. So, like, where's that? Where's you know, the new Twisted Metal? The things that weren't there. The, where's the new Uncharted? If you just would have ended on one of those things, this showcase would have had a completely different feel. But you ended it with 15 gosh darn minutes on something we know. So now all you're doing, instead of getting us excited for more of what to play, you're just hyping us up on the one thing you do have in your in your pocket ready to go. And it just tells me Sony's just not there yet. They just don't have anything ready. And we're all going to yeah. shell out our $500 for this big console that is it's really a paperweight right now. And I'm still playing Skater XL the most on it because there's just nothing else. And so that's my problem with this uh, showcase is you have more guns in, or holsters, whatever, bullets in the chamber, whatever you want to stupid analogy you want to use, and you're not using them. Yeah. And that's really frustrating for me. So uh, we'll go through the, um, the predictions and then uh, and then we'll go through the showcase. So really quick, I had said Spidey 2 factions, which is the last of us multiplayer Ghost of Tsushima 2. But Jeff Grubb said no. So I kind of scrapped that one. A Twisted Metal Tease. Elden Ring DLC, which somebody on Reddit said, hey, it's probably going to be at Summer Game Fest or like Tokyo Game Show or the Game Awards. All right. That makes sense. Keeley's in bed with Elden Ring. So it makes sense. Something Ragnarok related DLC, whatever, an expansion. Who knows? Didn't get a, Kratos's name wasn't even mentioned, uh, which is a <laughs> or shame. scene. Yeah. I said Street Fighter six again, unfortunately. And we got that uh, Death Stranding two T's. No, that might also be an Achilles thing because him and Kojima are boys. What's next for Destiny? We got that. And a little bit more from Bungie. Um, maybe the Castlevania, Silent Hill 2, or Metal Gear Solid remake. We got the Metal Gear Solid and Helldivers 2, and I got that one. So probably a third of these, right? But like the ones I didn't are the ones – and people will say, how can you be mad at things that don't exist? And you're just – but they do. We know Twisted Metal's real. Fire Sprite's working on it. We know it. Dude, It it's been enough. Tom Henderson, Andy Robinson, Jeff Grubb, they fucking know. They're not lying. These guys are really good at what they do, and they're not going to pass off information that's incorrect. If they say it's real, it's freaking real. Tom Henderson called Project Q. We reported on the Project Q yep. handheld. We yep. reported on that last episode or two episodes ago. I think it was And two, guess yeah. what? It's freaking real. It's freaking real because these guys are good. Uh, they even had Project Q. They even had the damn code name. Uh, and then what I was hoping for, Resistance Remaster, didn't even sniff it, which is still a shame. Wolverine didn't sniff it. Uncharted di- didn't sniff it. Corey Barlog's new game for Santa Monica. We know that's real. Where is it? Wasn't here today. Sony Bend. Where's their new game? Ain't here. Team Asobi. Where's their new game? Wasn't here. All these first party studios. Fire Sprite. Naughty Dog. Blue Point. Uh, uh, Bend. Asobi. Where are God forbid a your- Devil May Cry. Yeah, where's your, where are those games? Now, now Capcom is shifted to Dragon's Dogma, so Devil May Cry 6 is probably years away now because they're going to put a lot of focus into Dragon's Dogma too. But point being, like there are tons of games. Bioshock, the new one, that's still not a thing. Um, PSVR 2 got shit on today. Again, there's Ugh. no reason to buy that at all. They showed four Damn. games, and they were all shooters. Can you come up with something a little bit better, a little bit more unique? This is virtual reality, and all you want us to do is hold a fake gun. Yeah, they did that. I saw the the Resident Evil 4 experience. I was just like, why? But that's all what we knew about that. Two of the four games they showed, I think, weren't even new announcements. Like, today – all right. Here's what I'll – I'm done the predictions. I'll go – we'll start to go game by game, but I want – I need to say this. 
today was to me today was nothing more but a bunch of CG trailers for games pretending to be bigger than they actually are. Yeah. Yeah. With the exception of Spider-Man. Once you see non-actual gameplay footage, it's like, oh, crud. Yeah, here we go again with something that you could have taken all those resources and money and instead of making a dumb CG trailer that no one's going to remember, allocate that into half of that CG trailer and then sprinkle a little gameplay in because I'm tired of a CG trailer. And guess what? Xbox on June 11th, is going to give us more of that. And I'm just going to be ticked off again. But this showcase mm-hmm. let Xbox in. And I, that's a problem. They let Xbox in. And like, if Xbox doesn't blow it, which there's a huge potential they might, there's a chance here for Xbox to win some minds and hearts back. Because uh, with Game Pass being that tantalizing teat, um, if you show some good stuff here, people are going to be talking about you. Cause I think this showcase outside of Spider-Man metal gear solid, and maybe dragon's dogma is going to be forgotten about. So let's go ahead and, and dive in. Uh, it started off the, the big beginning and Sam and I were texting a bit, uh, in the beginning, but at the big kickoff to their giant showcase, two years in the making was Haven's game. And it's a great Haven. Cool. What do you got for us? Fair game or fair, fair games, a freaking, a uh, live service shooter that looked like it was trying to be payday meets watchdogs. Yeah. I, I put, what is it? Watchdogs. <laughs> it was like, you're going to steal stuff and heist. Oh, cool. A heist thing. Oh, kind of like grand theft auto online who has done it more longer and better for 10 years. Uh, give me a break. Give me a break with fair games. Haven. Like who comes to the table and says, I got a great idea for a game. Yeah. Let's spend six years and a hundred million dollars to make a game that everybody's going to forget about in three months. Uh, what a joke. What a stupid way to, to open the show. Then hell divers two was officially unveiled. It's 10 years in the making. I thought this was the funniest and maybe my favorite trailer of the whole show until they started showing the game. Cause the game is not for me, but I got to tell it. Yeah. I give them a ton of props for the originality on the trailer. It was really funny. I, I put nah, I'll just watch star troopers. <laughs> Yeah, it did kind of have a Star Trooper vibe, didn't it? I love that analogy. That's really fun. Uh, And then Ascendant Studios um, brought out an update. This was not even a new announcement. An update on Immortals of Avium, which is coming out July 20th. I am almost positive that the main character guy is the Nico, the brother in those sex lives of college girls on Max. That's a random pull. But I love that show, and uh, I'm pretty sure he was Nico from season one. That's where I'll get at his his little his CG sprite or whatever. It looked like him, so I'm thinking it's him. <coughs> this was my favorite of the first half hour. First person magic Bioshocky kind of deal. It was cool as hell, um, but it's a game I will never play. Nope. Five oh five brought us Ghost Runner two coming 2023, and then I'll stop here because I know that you had said this was probably your favorite early on game. S-Game is delivering us Phantom Blade Zero, which is Ronin meets Ghost of Tsushima 2, but not as good. What did you think? Yeah, it, it looked a little colorless. It, it was very dark, I, I thought, but I thought that was the best trailer that I've seen thus far, and it was the only one that has my interest. Like, I'm still kind of interested. Like Some of the gameplay kind of looked quick and, 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 and pretty, like the cool action with, with sword fighting. So I need to maybe see a little bit more. I don't know if it'll be a $70 buy, but just want to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, I think that's like a good, hey, it's on sale game. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm looking for something to fill the time between Sony's releases. I don't have a Switch. I don't have an Xbox. What could be another year for all I know. Right. But I'm kind of itching. So like, what do I got? It could be a good filler. It also could be a good ghost filler. Like I'm waiting for ghost Two, but I'm looking for that samurai itch and maybe like a little different vibe. What would you do if you had 66 days to live or whatever? Yeah. So, yeah, I can see why uh, there's appeal to that. Just wasn't for me. Uh, giant squid, dude. I'm, I was kind of hyped on this because I understand the cultural relevance of journey and what that did, not only for indie gaming, but for the PlayStation brand, it really launched PlayStation indies and is one of the most, um, revered and sought after and loved beloved games in Sony's history. And I, I liked it enough. I didn't fall in love with journey like others, but the creator of journey is now coming out with sword of the sea where a very journey-like character is almost skateboarding or surfing on a sword around the desert, very artsy. And surfing very on cool. sand. <laughs> and I thought it was very neat. Um, but because I didn't connect with Journey in that way, it's going to be a pass for me. But in terms of like art and relevance, this was probably where people started to get excited because I can understand how uh, cool this is to a lot of people. I'm just not included in that. Uh, the Talos Principle 2 coming in 2023. Neva, moving on. Uh, there's a sequel to Cat Quest coming and it's like a pirate theme, like whatever. Cat Quest was fun for about three minutes and then it found its way into a showcase. So that's cool. Who I wonder how much they had to pay for that. But I got to stop here. <coughs> Square Enix came out and I was like, oh, cool. Square Enix is going to do Fortnite or Square Enix is going to do Overwatch. No, 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 my friends. Square Enix is going to rip off Splatoon, of all things, with foam stars. Sam, it's color bubbles. It's, yeah, that, it's Splatoon with bubbles. Yeah, that, That's when you texted me. I was like, yeah, this is uh, a complete stolen idea. Can they get sued? <laughs> like, it's I mean, so like, similar. You are painting a map with bubbles instead of ink that come out of guns from wacky looking characters who have maneuverability. Like if this isn't a Splatoon knockoff, I don't know what is. And I can't imagine. I There was this one guy who I really like his reactions. And I like his analysis and I think he's a good content creator. And he and I was expecting to rip this apart. And he was like, oh, I'm hyped. I'm like, I you. I'm almost, I'm almost no longer convinced you didn't get paid to say that. I was going to say, like, hey, who, who sponsored you? Who gave you money? <laughs> Dude, who in the hell would think this is a cool game? Now, if you're out there listening and foam, what's it called? Foam stars. If foam stars spoke to you, please let me know. Cause uh, we're going to, I'm going to have to sit you down and have a conversation. I'm going <laughs> to show you a game called Splatoon. I think you'll really like it and you can play it right now. Uh, this was weird as shit. Anything you wanted to add on foam stars? No, just to add, there's three Splatoon games to play, so you'll be fine. Yeah, for real. You got uh, a Wii U or a Switch, you're fine. Uh, The Plucky Squire got a new trailer. It's coming this year. Devolver Digital is the publisher on this one. It's from a brand new studio. They've never made a game before. When this was first unveiled, I talked about it on the podcast. I've had it on my uh, most anticipated list. Every time I'm tweeting out, most anticipated games. This is always on the list. And to be shown it today uh, and for it to look as amazing as it did, you switch between hand-drawn 2D and Link to the Past remake 3D claymation-y kind of like right, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer-y looking thing. Oh, my God. It's a, it's 
<clears throat> sorry, it's innovative, it's imaginative, it's beautiful, it looks so cool. And I'll tell you, the reason I even got drawn to this game in the first place is the art is done. One of the two developers and the artist is done. His name is James Turner. That might not mean anything to you, but James Turner was the art director for Pokemon from Gen's five. Well, he was the art director in Gen 8, but he started making Pokemon in Generation 5, and he was the first American or first non-Japanese person, he's English, uh, to make a Pokemon. He created a Pokemon. Huh. And uh, he has since left the Pokemon company to pursue video game development and making his own studio. And this is their first venture. So if you look at any Pokemon from Gens 5 through 8 that really have that like non-Japanese feel to them, it was designed by James Turner. I want to say he also did Vanellix, the, the ice cream cone. I think that might have been his first one. <clears throat> I'm not sure, but anything with those big, dumb, goofy eyes, it's kind of James Turner's art style, and he brings all of that art style to the Plucky Squire. So I have to admit, the thing that got me into this game was, oh my god, the dude, the first non-Japanese guy to create Pokemon um, is doing this? I'm in, and now it's it's hooked me even more. So just a little tidbit for you, for those interested in the Plucky Squire. I cannot wait for this game. Uh, then we got Teardown, which was some Minecraft meets Burnout looking ass yep. wannabe. Uh, what'd you think? I just put is this <laughs> Minecraft. I thought it was like a spinoff of Minecraft and it was a whole yeah. different game. So I was Xbox, like, oh, okay. Xbox owns Minecraft. So I don't think they with their showcase coming up. I don't think they'd let that happen on yeah. Sony stage. But it definitely looks like Burnout took the Minecraft art style and they combined the two. And I couldn't be more out. And people are faking it online. They're like, it looks so cool. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Absolutely like, not. Go play a Lego game or go play Minecraft or just don't play these. Just skip it. Just, just go pick play, a different game. Let's go play Tears of the Kingdom, dude. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah, there's no reason to play this. Don't don't kid yourselves. It doesn't look good. But we have to stop here because this is when the big announcements started to roll in from the, to like the mass appeal. And this is, you know, we'd be foolish not to do this. It started off a trailer of ants and you couldn't guess. And then a bird takes an ant. And you yeah, it looked like we're watching Animal Planet. Yeah, like uh, is this a Sim Ant or the Bugs Life? Is the Bugs Life getting a game? The Marvel's Disney's the Bugs Life. Uh, but the bird flies and lands on a stump. The stump gets eaten by a crocodile. But then what eats the crocodile? A snake, snake eater. Uh, and that should have been the hint, but it wasn't. And then after that, like 80 seconds of what the hell, we got three seconds of Solid Snake and everybody freaked out like it was a great trailer. No, it was an objectively terrible trailer, but hype is shit ending because we are getting Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater completely remastered or remade from the ground up for PlayStation 5, uh, also coming to Xbox and PC, Mo yeah. like most games in this showcase. Um, what do you think? I feel like they could have done a little better with the trailer. Yeah. You know, I feel like they wasted that first minute. Um, but that's that just me. I mean, yeah. Okay. That was cool. To get, here's the thing, though. That was that was like that weird Konami yeah, it was kind weird. of thing. It, you Metal Gear is a weird game. It's a weird franchise. A lot of weird shit happens. So I, like, I'm not even a fan weird. of three. Two, two yeah. was my that, – that, that was my game. 
the mass appeal is three because it gives you solid snakes backstory. And that's why people like three. And that's, I think why they chose it. If they're going to soft reboot the franchise, let's start with the origin of snake South snake. So I get it, but it, it, they never did anything for me. Um, what does any, what does more for me was the next announcement on metal gear. I'll get to that in a second, but for this, they, they intentionally wanted you to for a minute say, what could this be? What could this be? The where it missed was that minute was uninteresting. So yep. now you're just like, I'm out. What, whatever this is, I'm out. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's snake. Oh shit, I'm in. It still doesn't take away that previous 60 seconds was a complete waste of time. So we got Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. It's gonna be cool, but it's not a PlayStation exclusive. You can go play it on your Xbox if you want, brothers and sisters. Go have some fun. Uh but then they announced the Metal Gear Solid. I believe they called it like Master Collection Part One or something yeah, like it was that. Something like that, yeah. Um, the it'll be coming this fall. It's Metal Gear Solid One, Two, and Three in one package, as originally intended. So I don't, I don't think it'll have any massive upgrades, especially because Three is getting the full remake. But this again is, uh, I believe, not a PlayStation exclusive. <clears throat> Could even maybe even come to Switch. Who knows? Because these games can surely run on Switch. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I don't know what what consoles it's coming to, but that's what has me more hyped because I completely missed the Metal Gear Solid train. So this is a good opportunity for me to go back and check those games out. Yeah, I know a lot of people say one's their favorite. I was kind of, I like Raiden two. Two was my one. I you know a lot of memories with Carmen back in the day playing with him. So, but yeah, th- this was probably long overdue. People have been waiting for this remaster for a long time. So bell time. Towers of ag basha sorry to this game because you were the game that had to follow the metal gear announcement so most people were like losing their minds over that and tweeting and texting and everything so most people didn't pay attention i went back because i was a part of that i went back and rewatched just this segment this game looks pretty cool it really gave me breath of the wild vibes i think that was really intentional um it's not a game i'm gonna pay for it's not a game i'm gonna play or go seek out or anything like that but i do just want to give it its just desserts it looked really neat it looked really beautiful and i think a lot of people may have missed it so if you were a part of that go back and check out the trailer for tales of igbatha it could be a game that's sneaky good out of this presentation it wouldn't shock me much like kane bridge of spirits did in the 2020 showcase where i wrote that off turned out it was my second favorite game of 2021 so um you never ever know until you play Uh, so we'll leave that right there uh, Final Fantasy 16 got a massively long update trailer and like the game comes out in June, just like Street Fighter. These two games didn't need to be here, but they were. So another swing and a miss for me. I'm kind of tired of hearing about 16. I'm ready for seven part two. What about you? You took the words right out of my mouth. I, so I was hoping we were going to get today. And then you're like, yeah, they'll probably wait till this one to sell. And I said, shit, I probably have to wait another year or two. Uh, that, here's the thing. They said Last year, holiday 2023. That's what I thought they said, but it don't look like it. Square Enix is a machine, though. They pump out games left and right. They pump out games at a pace that... And they have been working on this game for like four years, so... uh, uh, Yeah, right. And uh, it's like an unfathomable pace. And so, like, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, remember, holiday 2023 flows into fiscal... flows into calendar 24. The fiscal ends in, in April or end of March for most gaming companies. So... Holiday 2023 or winter 2023, much like the Pokemon DLC for Scarlet and Violet, could very well mean anything between 
you know, just November one and March thirty one. So I wouldn't be shocked because remember the last one came out what March twentieth of twenty twenty, right at the same day as Animal Crossing, or right around that, right around yeah, when right the around pandemic that. hit. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this is also a March title. It just wouldn't make it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. That's four years between parts. That's a long enough wait when we're just talking about integrations of a bigger thing. Um, so hopefully we hear about that, but I would wait till 16's marketing cycle is complete. Um, so maybe hear about that at Tokyo Game Show or the Game Awards. Very possible we get something at the Game Awards. Very, very possible. Uh, Alan Wake 2 uh, looks great. October 17th. Here's a problem with Alan Wake 2. <laughs> Alan Wake 1, we all know I love that game. I talk about it all the time. However, Alan Wake 2, massive game, AAA, Remedy, digital only, not coming physically. Oh, wow. How about that? And That uh, sucks. That may start a scary trend for these like AA, almost AAA titles. I'm I'm almost afraid that if this does pretty well, that a lot of these, like I said, not quite AAA, so maybe not in your space, but like the space where I kind of live and breathe a lot, might only get di- digital. And I'm a digital guy. I like digital games, but I'm more of a physical when it comes to games. So uh, that's a little disconcerting. And it's actually turned me off to Alan Wake 2. I, Alan I'm Wake 2, I think it'll eventually come. Maybe one of these like limited run does it or something. Maybe it's not officially published by Remedy physically, but uh, that's weird to me that they're going digital only for this one. But if you're interested, digital only October, what I say? 17th. I think Assassin's yeah. Creed Mirage, October 12th. Completely uninterested. What about you? This is like what the 13th one. I'm, I haven't played a second of any of them, so. Finji is is coming out with Revenant Hill. Cool. Psy Games, Grand Blue Fantasy. Don't care. Another friggin' look at Street Fighter 6. We just don't need it. It showed nothing, guys. It's coming out on June 2nd. It's like a week. It don't even look that good. It's like eight days. I think the fighting looks great, but like I don't care about that battle hub thing. That that character, that that generic character wearing that blue tracksuit is so unappealing. But so, uh, I will I will say this: Alan, <coughs> Alan Richardson was in uh, Fast X. Yeah, he if they ever do a movie, he's Guile. Done. That's cool. Cast him. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Ultros coming twenty twenty four. Perfect World Games had a game. I missed it because I was so out of it. I I didn't write down the name of it. Capcom is back again for Dragon's Dogma two. Not my style, but this is massive. Uh, millions of people will purchase this game and love it. It's not my style. I actually thought it was Monster Hunter when it first started. Um, and then I was like, oh, cool, Monster Hunter. And then I looked up and I saw Dragon's Dog Man. There was a man in like a dog. He had like a dog's face or like something. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty far out on this game. Not my style. But Dragon's Dogma 2 was was long sought after. So happy for those people. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted 2, the 900th game in that franchise. And then they hit us with the VR. So, like, this was, I think, 47 minutes, I want to say. Something like that. Into the show. An objectively bad show so far. And they didn't even do the VR stuff. And then they hit us with the VR. And it's like, you're you're killing us. You're literally trying to kill us. Uh, <laughs> Resident Evil 4 Remake gets rough. the VR mode. But we didn't get a date. We didn't get anything new. We already knew about it. So this was just like, hey, remember me? Like, yeah, we, we do. We're looking forward to it because there's six things to play on PSVR 2. We know all six. 
Arizona Sunshine 2 coming this year. It's another zombie VR game right after Resident Evil. Good choice of pacing there. Crossfire from Sierra or gives us Sierra Squad, another VR game. And then End Dreams is giving us Synapse on July 4th. No one's going to buy a video game on the 4th of July. The stores aren't even open. What the fuck are you doing releasing a game on July 4th? You fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> my God. Uh, yeah. And so I don't go to PSVR 2 to get my games digitally. I want that shit physical because who the fuck yeah. knows where that console is going to be in five years. Uh, so really stupid synapse is going out to die july 4th give me a break they showed us those four vr games and they're all shooters give me a break then they gave us the queen pack for beat saber love queen don't care beat saber is a cool game but i don't i don't need it uh then bungie hit us with two they have a new game coming it's called marathon if you've heard of that before it's because it's an older game they're reviving it so it's not a brand new title they're just revitalizing it bring into 2023 and really able to hit that running as that was an abandoned project. And then they gave us the final shape, the new uh, uh, destiny thing. And it's like, cool. Bungie. Fantastic. Uh, Firewalk is giving us Concord. It's coming in 2024, but like it was a 10 second teaser with zero. What the hell is it? It was super vague. No idea what it was. Um, I still don't know how to describe it. So I'll just say instead of vague tweet teasers, can you just give me a glimpse at a gameplay so I can decide if I want to spend $70 on it? Mm-hmm. Um, they're wa- they wasted our time after that with the Gran Turismo trailer we already saw. And then this is worth talking about. <clears throat> they hit us with the things that were long rumored and now official project Q. It's real. It is the streaming cross play machine that we thought it would be. It has an eight inch screen like we thought it would. It even has like a dual sense built in like Joy-Con on the side of it, uh, which is actually, I will admit, a very neat function. So uh, we got that. And then the PlayStation earbuds, which I just got me a pair of AirPods for the first time so I can look like a douchebag too. Uh, I don't need your stupid earbuds, Sony. But I'll tell you, this Project Q, for somebody who likes to play off the TV a lot, really appeals to me. Um, we don't need to go too in depth. We talked a lot about it two episodes ago. If you want to hear our opinions, go back then. Cause based on today's announcement, they're all relevant. I'll just say this. Now we know it's real and Sam, we know it's got a dual sense almost built into it. Is this a thing that you would consider if, so you could play off TV? I mean, I still got my Vita. So it's like, I still have that remote play as well. So I'm still, uh, I'm still able to do that. But not um, off a of five though. I don't think you can do it on PS5 through. Vita. I'm not. Sure. I'm not trying to actually. Don't remember if I tested that or not. Um, but I, I, I would I, imagine I, they would just sell us a Vita if we could. Like this is dedicated to five. I'd imagine Vita doesn't have the, the power. Could be. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. But I mean, the, the Q looked better than I thought. Yeah, I actually, I actually kind of like the AirBuds. I kind of liked them in white. I thought they kind of looked, you know, sleek. Um, would you I, ever I buy did, them though? I would I would need to see a price point. Are they hundred bucks? Are you talking they like two hundred? Like I I need to see what they're going. Even for. Air AirPods are like one seventy, so I can't even see them being more expensive than that. I would put them at ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, to me, I think that's a fair price. Maybe I get it for sale for sixty. I think that's a good buy. <laughs> Here's the question: What is Q going to cost? And we did talk about this a couple months ago. To me, this cannot be more than a one forty nine ninety nine. I was going to say two hundred. I don't think you can get that. You can get a Nintendo Switch Lite for $200. I don't think a streaming remote play only device can go for more than that. I think that would send the sales out to die just like PSVR 2. And I was actually reading some analysts, um, you know, market analysts, the guy who does NPD, all of that saying like my prediction 
is 149, they would kill it at 99 and anything above 149, this thing's going to to go out to die. And uh, they wouldn't be shocked if they, if it gets a, a 199. And I think that would be just too much. You can't play your games on it. You can stream them. Like it's not a true handheld. It's not a true take it anywhere device. So to pay $200 just so you, your wife can watch TV while you game is not a $200 worthy investment, at least in my opinion. If it is 100 to 149, I will very highly consider it just because a dual sense with an eight inch screen between the two sticks. That's cool as shit. I love the design. It looks yeah. awesome. Um, if it's 149, are you buying it? Probably. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really feel like I had the the <laughs> games to be streaming it like that. Like I, I, that gameplay is like really not for me. I'd rather play it on my TV. Sure, sure. I went back recently and I've been listening to our old episodes. Um, I went back and I listened to our when the Switch was unveiled in October of 2015 or whatever it was, 16 October before it was even on the market. So I went back and listened to that. And uh, I went back, I listened to our Xbox Series X episode and our PS5 episode. I just wanted to hear our thoughts and like, are they true now? And so Sam, not only did he nail $299 for the Nintendo Switch, good on you, said, and I will be picking one up and I'm very excited to do so. (laughs) Fast forward seven seven years and maybe he was talking about the Switch too. Because that'll probably come next year. Time so, will tell. Uh, you know, I think the Switch train has passed Sam by, specifically and especially because you just said you enjoy your TV. And, uh, I mean, you're not going to play with Zelda. And uh, I don't yeah, think you're it's, it's not, it's not for my cup of tea. It's just so. I think the Switch train is is uh, off the rails for you, my friend. But that roll down fun. my windows and wave. It was a good. It was fun while it didn't last. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we got our final game, which was Spider Man Two. It had gameplay. It had plenty. It was dark. It was bloody. There was a snap neck. We saw Craven the Hunter. Um, I'm gonna give you the the microphone here. I've been talking enough. We only have 58 minutes to get through the whole entire rest of the episode. So and, I will and that's you including go. your impressions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm aware. I'm aware. Uh, go ahead, Sam. What did okay, you think? I, of I mean, Spider-Man? no, sh- like shocker. The game looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, I if it's as half as good as as what we played previous, we're all in. You can I remember Miles the- Morales too. That. It's a real yeah. thing. People forget about that game. You know, we can already it, see that the darkness of Venom taking over Peter. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like that we're going to be swapping back and forth from Miles to Peter. Craven the Hunter looks awesome. The Lizard, that, that fight actually looked awesome. It got me hyped. It wanted me to pick up the paddle. I, I wish I had the game in front of me because I would have dropped 70 bucks to get it. I love that that slingshot that, that Miles did. He shot and he flew like 10 blocks. I thought that was awesome. It just got me excited. Something different that wasn't in the other games. Sign me up. I just hope it's this year and they don't push it till 2024. I enjoyed that they gave us symbiote Spider-Man. That way it doesn't feel like you're playing as the same character with a different skin. Like, yeah. it's, you know, Peter's going to have a different move set than Miles. And Miles, that was my knock on Miles Morales. It was just like it felt so samey to Spider-Man 2018, and now they're giving you a reason for these characters to play a little differently, which I appreciate. To be able to switch through both of them and complete one-player mode, awesome. It's exactly what I want. 
to see Craven and to see like a dark Craven, man, I can't wait for the movie to completely fuck that up. But I'll tell you, the game version looked spectacular. I now understand why you love Craven the Hunter as much as you do. And so that was really, really cool to look at. I'd have been happy with that. But we got more, a lot more. You want to go watch it? I'd recommend going to watch the 4K YouTube version of just the trailer because you're not getting the stream. You're not getting the, the condensed down uh, compression. You can watch it in 4K. It looks even better. Um, but yeah, of course, this game's a day one buy. And it's going to be right in that game of the year thicket, if you will. Um, it's just it's a shame that they didn't use that time more wisely. Uh, and it's a real shame we don't have a freaking date. Like if they had dated it, boy, howdy. Uh it would, been fine. So, it would just given so much more confidence. And now I'm just thinking to myself, all they did today was get us hyped and give us an out. They gave themselves an out is what I meant to say. Like, hey, sorry, polish, you know, polish. Got to make the game better. We're moving it to 24. Uh, I think it'll still hit 23, but there's a very real possibility it gets moved. Uh, and that and that's really it. I don't really have too much to say. I think we covered so much up front. Yeah. Uh, my thoughts and, and ideas. So. Um, anything you wanted to add overall to the showcase before we move on? So game of the year, probably be Spider-Man or Greg's other one tears of the kingdom. We finally have Greg's impression, which he said, I think was over 50 hours of gameplay. Greg, what'd you think? <coughs> yeah. In, in 10 freaking days, I average five hours a day. Uh, it's that's insanity. That's a lot of sleepless nights. And, yeah, I and, I was like, and that's from like 10 PM till 3 AM. That's it's pretty much right. It's about 10 to, to, to two or three every night. Um, some nights I start at eight or nine if Ashley wants to do her own thing. But every night I'm playing it up in bed or down in the basement, whatever. And so I'm going to try and keep this short, not only because we only have 55 minutes left max in the app, but because there's so much to this game that I want to be really careful to not spoil really Almost anything. I'm going to try and leave it to things that have already been announced and or are very common knowledge to this point. Um, and they also don't have any flow or make sense. I wrote down thoughts as they happened in the game. I paused and put a note down on my phone. So these don't have any flow to them. So I apologize. <clears throat> but overall, this is the best game I've played since Breath of the Wild. Um, I, I think the only games that can even... Stand in that conversation are God of War 2018, Spider-Man 2018, The Last of Us, Super Mario Odyssey. It's probably it um, in terms of like the best games. I'm a Pokemon fan. They're not the best games. I just love them to death. But they're not. They're objectively poorly made games. I'm not stupid. Um, so... This is just simply one of the best games already ever made. There's no, there's no uh, 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 doubt about that. It's very common knowledge at this point. It's a consensus. Everybody loves this shit, and rightfully so. They should. This is, quite frankly, everything I wanted in a Breath of the Wild sequel. And people have asked me, hey, is it better than Breath of the Wild? Do you like it more than Breath of the Wild. I think those are very hard questions to answer because Breath of the Wild, if you say it's better than or you like it more, it almost devalues or takes away what Breath of the Wild was. But let's not forget that 
<clears throat> Breath of the Wild was insanely revolutionary for not even for its time. It was 2017, like it's not that long ago. But for what it did for open world games, for Nintendo as an organization and company, um, it sold 30 million copies. Like that's incredible. And I have such an like amazing fondness for everything Breath of the Wild does. So to say that Tears improves on that foundation doesn't devalue Breath of the Wild. It still makes both games a 10 out of 10 and hint, hint. This is a ten, Tears of the Kingdom 10 out of 10. There's no doubt about it. I think a lot about Tears of the Kingdom like I do God of War and Ragnarok. Ragnarok is great because it was built upon the foundation set for it by God of War 2018. We're largely in the same world. We're largely with the same characters. And we revisit a shitload of the same places. But just the tweaks, the refinements, and the things that Ragnarok improved upon. That Thor fight, I said it before, it's a one-to-one for the boulder fight. It's the same shit, but it's turned up to 11. And it's made even more grandiose. That's exactly what I feel about Tears of the Kingdom. It's Breath of the Wild turned to 11. You multiply Breath of the Wild, the largest open world arguably of all time, especially in Nintendo's world, and you multiply it by three. You can go in the sky and you can go underground and they're both as big as Hyrule. What the hell? How did they make this game fit on a cartridge? <coughs> like it's a third of the size of Cyberpunk and it's bigger. What is, oops, sorry, I dropped my phone twice. What is going on? in this world that this game exists the way it does. So I'll just go down the things I liked about it. It did not, it did not give me that. Oh shit moment. Like breath of the wild did when you go out of the cave, uh, or the rebirth, whatever frick it's called. And you get that big wide shot and that beautiful rising music. And you see the big open world and the title hits breath of the wild. And you're like, Oh my God, I want to cry. And also, I can go anywhere. Wow. This game doesn't have that. This game starts you off in a sky island. It's very linear for its first few hours. It tells you exactly where to go while also taking the reins off. You don't have to listen. You can kind of do whatever you want, but eventually you have to get to where you got to go to get off the skyline and get down to Hyrule. Although it didn't give me that amazing. Oh shit moment. Like breath of the wild did. It made me feel like a genius 10 times faster. I was building contraptions and skateboards and riding rails up and down and sideways and doing flips and all this cool shit within my first hour. My first hour of Breath of the Wild, I was naked Link running through a field getting killed by guardians. It was just a completely different oh shit experience. <clears throat> then you get down to Hyrule and you realize I'm in the same Hyrule as Breath of the Wild, but it's not. It's Ganon had this big upheaval, so there are different... like. This village is now covered in snow and this one has these fallen rocks from the sky and there's these new things that pop up. So this samey Hyrule is now completely different based on the events of the game and what triggered it and what they added. My two favorite features, arguably, at least landmarks that they added, there are now wells that you can go down and caves. They were not available in Breath of the Wild. And when you go into a cave, <coughs> anything's possible. Enemies, treasures, loots, hidden paths, bubble frogs. I won't talk about what that is because that could be a spoiler, but look for bubble frogs. Uh, you can go down a well and they're, again, same thing. Enemies, treasures, bombs, anything that you like, can imagine and you're now underground. You can then go fully underground into chasms 
And guess what? These chasms, it's high rule, but pitch black. And you have to light the way yourself. The enemies are twice as hard. You don't regain health. You lose it permanently while you're down there. Uh, so it's incredibly difficult. And the enemies are stronger <clears throat> and you're in pitch black. So you have to collect these things called blue, bright blooms on the surface, bring them down with you and throw them on the ground to light up 20 feet around you until you find a light route. I won't get into all of that and what that means until you eventually light up the entire area and can see your way around. It's Hyrule in the dark harder. And boy, does it just add a completely new twist, completely new um, challenge, all of this right into it. Love that. Uh, building vehicles. I built, like I said, skateboards. I built a, uh, a freaking monster truck with these big wheels. I built a rocket shield like they had in the trailer. I built uh, a... Uh, a paraglider with two fans and a control stick on it that I was flying through the air. I have all these cool screenshots I was taking of just me floating through Hyrule in the air, going from sky Island to sky Island. It just makes you feel like Bob the builder in the best way. I love that so much. The new abilities are game breaking and incredible. Ascend is a freaking godsend. I don't have to climb mountains anymore. I can just find an opening and go up through the sky and ceiling. It's awesome. Uh, Master hand is everything you'd want it to be. I love fuse fusing together. I fuse together a, a sword and a, a rake. And it's like this super long rake. I'm beating the shit out of people from like 12 feet away. I love it. Uh, you can fuse things onto your arrows, like bombs and fire and ice and homing devices. And, and oh God, the, um, no two people are going to play this game the same. And that's what I love. Like it, the, the opinions, the options and the adventure is completely up to you. And it's completely different for all the players. Uh, Zonai parts are great. You find in the sky, you find these tiny little hidden treasure chests and they, it's just a map. You get a map and all the map has is an X and the X is marked on the map, but it's in the underground. So you got to go randomly find this X and you don't know what it is. So it gives you even more things to find. The side quests are great. Pony points are a thing. You have a reason to go visit Staples. <clears throat> You're going to write for the newspaper, the Hyrule newspaper. I was a journalism major. Dude, this is exactly what I want. I'm Lincoln. I get to write for a newspaper. What? It's so fucking cool. I love, dude, there is a shrine. You have to do shrine quests. Not all shrines are available in the open world. You got to find some you got to make some you got to locate some this one had you starting off in the sky you surf on your shield through a hole and you drop down to the world but when you drop down into the world the hole gets bigger and bigger and bigger it turns out that it's a slalom and you got a shield surf and on this snowy mountain all the way down the mountain through slaloms and if you get through all the points you get a shrine at the end and you get treasure and it's like who would have known about that unless you found it they don't tell you. You just have to find it. And it's like, I can't imagine out of the 10 million people, game sold 10 million copies in three days. Out of the 10 million people playing it, how many millions of people will never know that that exists? It's I mean, just, just wild. You just got to go out and explore. And you got to go out to explore. And then like in the sky, it, there's random little islands that have nothing on them. There's random little islands that have a treasure chest. And then there's archipelagos that have, <clears throat> launch pads and zonai devices and sh hidden shrines and like it's cool man 
there's this one where the shrine's in two pieces, the entrance way and the archway. And like, they'll have just an archway. You go up to it. You're like, where's the entrance? You click on it and it says, you have to find the stone to make the entrance. And then it gives you a beam of light and you follow the beam of light. But the beam of light is on another sky island. How are you going to pick up a big giant stone and carry it across? Well, you got to build a contraption and get it across. And then, and so like your imagination, your imagination, your creativity come into play. I probably have done things way too complicated. I didn't need to, but I spent 25 minutes getting a Korok seed across a river when I, I only needed to like, I could have picked them up and just thrown them, but I like made this big contraption that I didn't need to. It's just so much fun. And last night I just unlocked the last tower to get the entire map visible. So now I have the entire game visible. I can see all the points of interest and all the things I want to do. So now I feel like after 55 hours, I can really start to dive into the story. I've only done one dungeon so far. That's it. 55 hours, one dungeon. If that doesn't tell you that there's infinite shit to do, that's all I got to say. This is a must play title for any Zelda fan, any switch owner, any open world fan, adventure seeker, builder, creative type, or someone looking to kill some time because it's the best game I've played and I cannot remember how long. Tears of the freaking kingdom. Oh, it's it's definitely going to be this or Spider-Man for your game of the year, hands down. Yeah, and Resident Evil riding up the coattails. Unless for some reason Starfield blows me away, which I don't think it will, but you never know. Next up, we got... Mortal Kombat 1 was just announced. Yeah, and hey, did I do good? Are you proud of me that I didn't go on for an hour? No, I, 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 I you know me. I just sat back and I was, I wanted you to get it out because I know you love this game. You put in the time, 50 freaking five hours. I wanted to make sure you got to talk about whatever it is you wanted to say. One dungeon. Oh, I love life. You'll, you'll uh, be yeah. done with like 110 <laughs> hours, I could say. Yeah, I would, it took me 75 ish for Breath of the Wild. I'd imagine I'll be in that. So like somewhere between 75 and 100 um, for this one. There's also just more to do. So that's, yeah. that's what I mean. I get sucked up. I go to do one thing and then 10 things. It's like pop ghost. Up. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, so Mortal Kombat 1, we had announced or uh, reported months ago that on the WB earnings report, the CEO or president or whatever accidentally said, and we have Mortal Kombat 12 coming this year. So we all knew this was real, but... Now we know they're soft rebooting the franchise yet again, and they're going back to its roots. Mortal Kombat 1, where instead of Raiden, we got human Raiden now. Instead of Raiden being the guy, the fire god Liu Kang is kind of the Raiden of this story, and it's his world and his view. That's why you see a very tranquil open to the trailer and Sub-Zero and Scorpion maybe working together. And then when Shang Tsung walks out, it's like, oh shit, now things are going to start to get bloody. It's coming September 19th. Um, I'll just kick it to you. What did you think? I mean, I thought it looked okay, but you know, yeah, of course it's going to look bloody. It's going to look gory, but you know, yeah, I understand. Where, where were they on twelve or about to be? So to get a reboot, get some different characters in there, I I, I think that was a nice, a, a good move. I, I think it needed a little refresh because, like you said, characters are dead, and how many times are you going to bring back a character? Or, uh, I think a nice, clean, fresh, fresh slate. I think it's what it needed. Yeah, I think the problem with the soft reboot is they almost rebooted it in nine, which is still the best Mortal Kombat game of all time. That game is is 20 out of 10 perfection. Um, but the story mode, I'm a little concerned. Like Mortal Kombat 1, while it looks really gorgeous, 
I was kind of bored watching the trailer. Um, it was like peace and serenity and then just murder, 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 murder. Nothing in between. Uh, there was one really cool looking fatality where he smashes his head through his whole body. Like that was, was super neat. And obviously Nether Realm's going to get super inventive with that. But like, why didn't you tell us about cameo fighters? Did you know about cameo fighters? Probably nope. not. But the press release came out with them. Uh, cameo fighters are like echo fighters or assist trophies in Smash Brothers. They're going to be a fighter that can like pop out and help you along during your fight. And like what I'd love to like Marvel vs. Capcom used to do something. I would love to know more about that. And if Johnny Cage is actually going to be one of those or if he's going to be a rosterable character, because we still kind of don't know. And Amazon Italy kind of leaked out the DLC characters, but people are saying that could be now fake. Who knows? Because why would you have three of those guest characters? I don't want to spoil that. But like there's three very samey characters. And so I'm I'm a little torn on it. I'm absolutely not getting it at launch. I would spend $75. You're crazy. I refuse to spend $70 on a fighting game because Mortal Kombat has a tendency to get discounted quickly um, to the point where I wouldn't be shocked if by Black Friday it's $49 um, or lower. And I think it's going to be a Black Friday buy for me, almost 100% guaranteed. Um, then I'll be probably done Spider-Man by that point, and I can kind of relax a little bit, enjoy a fighter. I love the Mortal Kombat story, but there's only there's only like probably seven hours of story in that game. Most of it's freaking cutscenes anyway. Um, so I'm excited to where they're going, but it didn't wow me as much as I was hoping. Yeah, same. And the last story we have in gaming, AEW Fight Forever's release date is June 29th. Yeah, about a month away. If you're looking for that more arcadey style, kind of brings you back to the No Mercy days from N64. That's kind of where you're going to get your hit uh, with AEW's Fight Forever. Doesn't matter who the company is. WWE tried this before with Superstars, and it was very good for a minute. It just kind of got old. It's kind of where I see Fight Forever going to be. I'm, I'm not going to be picking this one up. But if you're looking forward to it, June 29th for Fight Forever. Uh, Sam, I'm out of water. I don't have a Capri Sun. My voice is hoarse. I'm coughing a lot. So I got to turn this over to you as we hit the movie space. What did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Um, Guardians 3. This was the James Gunn trilogy. I believe I don't think I don't think he'd be coming back now now that he's with DC officially. But I can honestly say I really enjoyed Volume 3. I would say definitely a solid trilogy for James Gunn. I, I, I always was back and forth, but. After thinking about it, I think one is probably still my favorite. It, it might even be one, two, three as my favorites, if I'm honest. But I still thought three was pretty good. I mean, Pratt was okay. Dave Bautista was was still funny. He, he always has the one-liners. Um, but th- this movie was, was basically Rocket Story. This is his origin, kind of what got him where he started, what this... Um, what the hell? Is high high evolutionary. What kind of what this monster did to him and, and and some friends back in the day, and kind of introducing Adam Warlock. And Adam Warlock was w- way different than I, you know, perceived him from the comics. The live action, obviously, it's going to be different, but it, he was okay. Um, Will Poulter, he he was pretty good. Uh. Nathan Fillion had a, a nice little cameo. He, he was pretty funny. And it's Stallone, Michael Rosenbaum. They're all back from the second one. 
Um, I, I would say for the last ride, everyone did good. It might have been a little long. I think it was like two and a half hours. I feel like this could have been a, a smidge shorter again. Trimmed some fat a little bit. Um, but it, it had it had it had a lot of heart. It, it, it was definitely true to every movie that kind of like the first one. I felt like, you know, it was, yeah, it was his, his backstory, his his mom or whatever the second one his dad ego this one's kind of group but i feel like th- this one basically certifies as rocket was the leader after all of kind of the ending and um and then at the end end obviously there's two end credit scenes i'm not going to spoil anything but make sure you do stay till the end and the end one's really like you're like okay but at least the middle because I'll just say you'll see like the I'll just say that there's a Guardians team and it's not the original team that you have. Um, I, I wanted maybe a little bit more from this, but I, 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 I you know, I feel like that's just a Marvel thing there. Um, but Guardians 3, I, I thought it was good. Make sure you go see it. It had a $250 million budget and it made over $660 million. So it's good to see that people are still going to see the movies. If the movie is good, it will put some butts in seats. So, go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, it's going to be on Disney Plus really soon, so I'm just going to wait for that. But I would agree with your sentiment that one is so good, so timeless, and that's probably going to be my favorite. But of all the Marvel shit that'll make me get back into superhero mode, Guardians is that thing. Ashley loves it too. We share a lot of memories with that franchise, so. We plan on watching that together and having a good time with it. But it's I, going to be this or the Flash, or, I, I, and or I'm, both. I, mean, I will never see the Flash. I just don't support Ezra Miller. Period. Yeah. I don't want to see anything he's in. I could care less about. I'm sorry, they. I don't care. Um, just out on Ezra. So I'll be skipping the Flash. But obviously, that just had a massive final trailer. It's out real soon. You're going to see it probably by the next episode we record. You'll be able to give your thoughts. So. As your final episode ever, Sam, without having the Flash movie in your life, having seen this final trailer, what are your final thoughts going into this movie? And uh, talk talk to us a little bit about your excitement levels. I mean, I'm going to the movie no matter what. I've been um, people got early you know releases, and I've been seeing all over Twitter. It's getting nothing but love of uh, Ezra being the standout, and, and Keaton's fantastic, and Sasha as Supergirl's great. I can't wait. I mean, he, he had me and you want to get nuts. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> um, it, so the movie's two hours and 20 minutes. And hearing like a lot of people like they like I remember like the Dark Knight seeing that in theaters, like everyone got out like there was people talking outside and people were taking like videos and like after people the screen, the flash. And it was that it was people just talking, like, whether they were friends, strangers meeting up, maybe a mix of both. Just it, it just brought me like damn like it brought me back to like the dark night of man like that's how good this movie was and just knowing like what <clears throat> um, comic related of, of what you know, him going back in time to save his mother what it causes I I, I kind of have an idea of where they're going to go I just know that it's it's going to be deep it's going to be meaningful and I'm excited to see Ben obviously back Michael uh, getting two Batman's in here and. And getting to see Michael Shannon again is Zod, so I'm I'm actually really excited. Yeah, Ezra, what he did, it's it's you know it was unforgivable, it was effed up, but you know men- mental problems is real. Supposedly he's getting help. I hope he gets all the help he needs, and you know I, I wish him nothing but the best. 
you know, and uh, and hopefully this this movie needs hopefully it will do good. DC needs it. So we, we will find out. <clears throat> I, again, couldn't be further out I, when you have to say, oh, the other characters are why I'm going to see it. Like, it doesn't really make me super excited that Michael Keaton is the reason that most people but not even but but here like i said hearing people's reasons like that's just me because i love fucking batman but hearing people say like ezra was amazing in the movie it's i'm sure he is he 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 is a good actor just you know he's got to clean up his act they he, he prefers they just saying uh the superman's legacy casting is starting to take shape albeit more of the minor roles uh, not Superman. We don't have a Superman yet, but at least some of the minor roles around him are starting to get fleshed out. Yeah, I think the only one I saw was, I think it was like, uh, Nicholas Holt being eyed as Lex Luthor. Yeah. Nicholas Holt was, uh, he's in the menu. Number one. That he was um, beast boy in X-Men. And I think, or the, or the beast, excuse me. Beast <clears throat> I can't remember what else he was in, but the most recent thing he was, was, uh, was in warm the bodies. He was in that vampire warm movie. bodies. Thank you. He was the main zombie in yep. that. It was his big, like breakout role. Um, yeah. Kind of enjoyed that movie a little bit. That's pretty good. But yeah, I, I recently watched the menu as well for the first time. I know you watched it. Um, Fantastic movie. Yeah. Zero horror in that movie. I don't know why people say it's a dark horror. It's or a comedy horror. It's not, it's just, it's just fine. This is a fine movie. No complaints. Uh, let's see. Craven the Hunter will be rated R, so it looks like Marvel's stepping their game up. Sony just can't fuck this up. They, they have one job. You messed up Morbius. We're one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Just don't mess up my favorite Spider-Man villain, please. Yeah, and uh, it's you'd like to think that with the R rating, the the gloves are off a bit. We saw today in the showcase that they are painting Craven as a very dark villain, even in the game. So hopefully that does kind of cross over to the movie, but then you have kick-ass as the portrayal of the villain. Does that do anything to kind of dissuade you a little bit? No, I, I mean, I like Aaron Taylor Johnson as an actor. I, I think he is good. I did like him in that, that uh bullet train movie with, with Brad Pitt. He just has, they did, He's he's a merciless killer. They, they if this was PG thirteen, it would have failed. It had to be an R, and now we just need it to be a good movie. If it's good, the fans will go see it. Speaking of, if it's good, the fans will go see it. I don't know. I guess you can say that for anything. Uh, Dodgeball is getting a sequel. Yeah, in two thousand twenty three, we're reporting it, and Vince Vaughn will be back for it. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Dude, I, I I love Dodgeball. I think the entire cast is funny as shit. As long as Vince and Ben are in it, I don't care. I'm in. I don't know about Ben though. I, I heard Vince. I didn't hear anything. I about mean, ben. I'm I'm I. To me, you can't make this without without him. And then and then they have. I mean, if they do the the tournament again, you have to have Cotton come back. Yeah, you got it. J- Jason Bateman. I need and, Jason uh, Bateman back. I need it. Uh, freaking. My favorite line from that, and I, I haven't seen it in so long, so I'll paraphrase it, but it, it always has been, uh, where where have you been? Arts and crafts? Or where'd you make that? Arts and crafts? Yes, it was. <laughs> Whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I, God, I have to, I must kind of have to watch that movie again just for that part. I thought that was just one of the funniest shit. Because like, who would have expected him to say, yes, it was. <laughs> Dude, it, 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 there's so many zingers that, from beginning to end. I Classic. think it's like, you're late. Where were you? Arts and crafts or something? He's like, yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, please just don't do my milkshake again. Just don't. I, they're going to be so tempted. He'll be like, if Stiller comes back, he'll either be fat Stiller from that ender. No. Don't forget. 
he got fat at the end. Yeah, no, but I, I think the sequel would be, you know, he, he loses he all the weight. weight. You, know, you, ha- you have to. You have to do that. Of course, but, like, the opening thing could be him as a montage. Yeah, that's it. Give me a little montage. Get a quick little three-minute montage. That's all I need. Oh, my God. Speaking of what the hell they're – what are they doing and is this movie going to be any good? Dodge – or not Dodgeball. We just did that one. Beetlejuice <laughs> 2 uh, has an official release date for September 6, 2024, and production's starting to get rolling on that. And uh, we saw Winona Ryder. She looks exactly like she did when she was Lydia Deeds back in the day. Michael Keaton coming back. So this could be a nice little blast from the past here. But that's it. You have that. Jenny Ortega is going to believe to be his daughter. That's it. I'm good. Michael Keaton needs. You're not even going to know, like, see his age. He's all in makeup anyway. It, I, I think this is going to be fantastic. Sign me up. I'll be there day one. Uh, yeah, I kind of do too. I, I think it'll be okay. I don't think it'll be as, like, re- you know, remembered or cult classic as the first one. I don't think it'll be as good as the first one, but I think it'll be a passable sequel. Usually when they do sequels 30 years later, you kind of scratch your head if they bring back the original cast. But Jenna Ortega, I feel like, is like that really nice bridge. She's really hot right now from Wednesday. Everybody loves her. And for her to now, again, it's still a year and a half away. So who knows where she'll be in the zeitgeist by then. But I'd imagine only bigger and better. She was in Scream. Yeah, because uh, season so, two of Wednesday will be coming out next year as well. So, yeah, she'll still well, be Who hot. knows, man? There's a writer's strike. Who the hell knows? True. We know You're nothing. Not we know nothing, just like Johnny Snow. The Mario movie is available now for digital purchase on Amazon, iTunes, wherever you get your visual goodness. Uh, it is $30 in standard definition, $30 in high definition, and $30 in 4K UHD. So you better believe I bought it in 4K UHD because it plays anywhere. So it's not like you, you lose anything. Why would you ever buy standard <laughs> ever? Um, so now, yeah, we bought it the second it was available, 1201 that night. And we have probably watched it a dozen times. I have no doubt. And that movie had a $100 million budget. It made at the box office $1.256 billion. Yeah, so what, 12 times its investment? <laughs> I think Nintendo might make a few more. Uh, so if you wanted it, and they're they're making bank off this $30 thing, because it's still in theaters, and people are like, fuck that, I'm not going to Yeah, don't be surprised we get a Luigi's Mansion, a Donkey Kong Country, a Super Smash Brothers, and maybe even a Mario Kart. I mean, that that this the sales from this just paid for that. It's uh, It's cheaper to buy it for $30 than it is to go to the movies. Unless it's a Tuesday at, at AMC. So, uh, you know, it's it's a good purchase. And I purchased it. And so there's that. Avatar 2 will hit Max, which, by the way, it's Max now as of the 23rd, yep. not HBO Max. Uh, and Disney Plus simultaneously, two services, June 7th. I mean, it, it's great that it's on Disney Plus. It, it is a fantastic movie. I do think you would have enjoyed it better. Yeah, I, I did. But I think I this would have been just way better to see on the big screen. And just to, to give you, just... yeah, and to give you a total, this one they value, the budget is three fifty to four hundred and sixty million, box office two point three two zero billion. Yeah, that's chump change. Holy <laughs> Christ! Yeah, Edward Norton could make that in five hands. Anybody? Anybody? Pay the man his money. He yeah, beat me. Good. Yeah, straight up. All right, <laughs> rounders, enough rounders. We got 25 minutes, people. And we still got a television section as we move there. Not only did the Bear Season 2 get a release date of June 22nd, so less than a month, but it got a trailer and Bob Odenkirk has joined the cast. 
fantastic. You know, all movie. around. Great news all around. From TV to movies, great actor. And uh, the Bear got a 10-episode second season. Yeah. First season was only eight. So I, I, I'm excited. I, I think the show is fantastic. It has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Deservedly so. Yep. I totally agree. This this show was one of my I, – I think it was my show of the year. Really? Wasn't it? Was, it? it was in my top something. Top – Somewhere in like the top five or six, I think. But it might have been. I don't know. I, I think it might have been. It, might, it was definitely in my top three. I think we got our first look at Peacock's Twisted Metal series with Anthony Mackie. We got a teaser. We saw Samoa Joe's Sweet Tooth, albeit for a second, and it didn't look half bad. This should have been the teaser that was in the PlayStation Direct rather than Gran Turismo. I will say Agree. that. But I, I'm right there with you. I thought it looked okay. I, I'm, I'm for what we saw. I'm still going in this show, just no expectations. I'm going to watch it because it's Twisted Metal, but Samoa Joe looked looked okay. You know, I'm a little I'm a little um, worried because it's not Samoa Joe voicing him. He's doing the physical part while Will, Will Arnett is the voice. Just don't just don't sound like Will Arnett. If you sound like Will Arnett, I think that's going to take me out of it. But we'll see. He's going to sound like Will Arnett. How can Will Arnett not sound like Will Arnett? Everything he's ever done. I, I, He's been Will Arnett. I don't know. <laughs> Name a project he did. The Lego movie. He sounds just like Will Arnett. But or whatever. Raspy. Lego Batman. <laughs> but extra whatever. raspy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence in Sweet Tooth's voice. Hopefully he just doesn't talk a lot. He's a mysterious clown figure. I don't need him to talk too much. Uh, but yeah, it looked okay. I'm going to definitely yeah. watch it. I can totally see it going the route of Halo. And by episode oh, four, we're just God, like, no. what the hell? Please, God, no. <laughs> that show was an abomination. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's July. Um, we got the release date. Was it July 27th or something like that? I can't recall. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Two months, guys. Right around the yeah. corner. So so in two episodes, we're going to probably have thoughts on it. Maybe three, depending on when we record. But maybe we'll do a bonus episode. Probably not. Futurama's latest reboot on Hulu. Big story here. Uh, it did get its release date. The reboot will premiere on Hulu July 24th. Yes, and they're, I believe they're doing a one episode a week uh, format, and it they they got booked for 20 episodes. So we definitely have that, and we'll see if we'll get uh, any more. I'm hyped. I, we both we both love the show. I, ha- I, I have to give it a shot. I am not incredibly hyped. Like, it's not through the roof because it's – this is not the first time the show has been rebooted. Um, however, it's Futurama. And in this dark, gloomy world we live in, we all need and, a little bit more and, and the gang's back together, so sign me up. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be well, I don't know if it's gonna be great, but I'm looking very forward to it. Yeah. Not only did we get Loki season two dropping on October sixth, we also got the release date for Echo. That will come November 29th. Here's the caveat Loki. Like a standard Disney Plus release, we'll go one episode at a time. And then Echo is going the Netflix binge model, and they're dropping all of its episodes on November 29th. So they're telling me that you have faith in your Loki, but your Echo, you have nothing, so you can't do it week to week, or you lose the hype, so you have to give us everything. Got it. Hear you loud and clear. I think it... Yeah, um, this show clearly doesn't have the staying power, so they want people to be able to see the finale and not drop off. So they're just giving it to us at all. And, and I don't honestly, know. though, like now that I'm looking at, it, like I, I almost don't give a shit about Loki season two, and I, I, don't. I mainly want to see Echo because 
I yeah. imagine it's got to have Wilson Fisk in it because she literally shot him in the eyes. Yeah. That, that, that I'm like more excited for that. So it's like, I don't know. Disney Plus is just in a shit show right now. So they got to get their shit together. They laid off more people. So they bastards. took off half the good shit from it. <laughs> like yeah. they were and still stuff charging and more money. Still charging us more money. I mean, like. Disney Plus kind of was an unsustainable model, and now it's just proving it yet again that the original content created for it was never good. Nope. Um, and then it was just COVID, was, and that's all we had. And what's what? And what was good is now taken from us. The one and only Ivan, Big Shot, gone. And it's like, okay, cool. You're you're forcing us to pirate it. You're yep, f- like changers, Nintendo. Yep. You're forcing us to relive your legacy via pirate, and that sucks. It sucks to have to deal with that. Um. That's it. Oh, music. Okay. Uh, last two stories, and then we'll get on out of here even earlier than I thought. I think we're rushing a little bit. I don't want Zen Care to crash again. We'll see if they tweet me back. Um, Hot Mulligan. They did release their record the same day as Tears of the Kingdom. What a day that was, May 12th. And then Hot Mulligan just casually out of nowhere just says, yeah, we're going to drop the album of the year, and you're just going to like it. Uh, Why Would I Watch is the name of the album. And holy shit, is it absolutely incredible and probably the best Hot Mulligan release yet. And I was a huge fan of You'll Be Fine. And I don't know if I thought that that record could have been topped. And then Why Would I Watch is pretty much topped it. 12 songs, 38 minutes. I am obsessed with this record. I will say my favorite song is Christ Alive, My Toe, Damn It Hurts. Great song. Um, Shh. Golf is on is their big single from it. And that's still a kick-ass song. They released um, no shoes in the coffee shop or socks as their like, here's our music video to release along with the record. Beautiful song. Can't get it out of my head um, for every crater on the moon. I can't get it out of my head. Fantastic song. Uh, and I smoke is really good. I mean, the whole record's really good. There's only one song I don't love, and it's probably the most sentimental song on the record. It's called Betty, and it's an acoustic song about a dog that passed away. And I'm like, oh, it's cute, but I don't like the song. But I love the message. I love the the everything about that. But um, I just don't really like the song itself. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the only song where I skip it when I go through. Um, John the Rock Cena. You can smell. Uh, I'm not getting. They they have some crazy titles for their for their songs, but hmm. Hot Mulligan just casually said, "Yeah, we're we're gonna drop the record of the year. You're gonna like it, and uh, it's lived up to expectations." So I cannot recommend Hot Mulligan's. Why would I watch? It is currently my album of the year. No shocker there. Second would be Fall Out Boy. So much for Stardust, and third would be Daisy Jones and the Six Aurora. Uh, oh man, great year for records so far. Uh, and then lastly. A potential contender for record of the year, even though it's just an EP, Yellow Card is getting back together. They went into the studio. They re- they put together an EP through Equal Vision Records called Childhood Eyes, and it will come out July 7th. I have a very long and storied history with Yellow Card. I don't know if you do as much after like Underdog and Ocean Avenue, but I know you at least liked them back in the day. Yeah, I think there was like one album after Ocean Avenue, and that was probably the last one I listened to. Yeah, they they fell off pretty hard for me in the like 2010 range. I didn't really like anything um, after that, but it's been so long and I'm ready to give Yellow Card another shot. There's nothing to me like the Underdog EP, even the song Underdog. I don't know if there's a better Yellow Card song. Uh, I mean, just like 
like one of the first riffs I ever learned how to play on guitar. And Quinn McCarron was the one that taught me it. And I didn't know he would like yellow card. <laughs> he does not <laughs> seem like the yellow card. No, fan. not at all. Uh, but he taught me it <laughs> and I love it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that was, you don't know it, but we do in three pieces, the May, 2023 episode in under two hours. Uh, I'm going to spend the next month researching new platforms, uh, to do our podcast on, uh, RIP squawker, uh, the good old days, (laughs) RIP doing shows together in the same room. Uh, that was a good time, but you know, we have since grown up. Uh, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, through the PlayStation, through the Tears, through the Guardians. We will see you next month for episode of June 24th. I'll see you in Hershey, brother. <laughs> <laughs>